0: Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. G'day, thanks for joining us. My name is Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. It's a privilege to have you with us today. I pray this message blesses you. You know, God has us in this time, in this place, so that we would achieve his purpose for our lives. So we're going to pray and we're going to pray that God would speak to us that he would challenge us and bring transformation to our lives. So let's pray and then we'll dive in. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word speaks truth. God, we thank you for who you are. Father, I pray as we come to you, Father, we pray that as we come to your word now that you would speak to us. Give us ears, open hearts open to receive from you. May we be challenged today. May our minds be renewed. And Father, may you put a passion in us to serve you with our everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about fanatics. You know, when you think about a fanatic, who do you who do you think about? Maybe here's some pictures. Here are some a gym fanatic, people who go to the gym regularly and pump iron in order to get really big like like me, not And how about people who are crazy at sport? They get dressed up and they get really passionate about their team and their life is about their team and celebrating and supporting their team. Here's another picture of some fanatics, the Cronulla Sharks, my team. Big picture of Paul Gallen's head there. He was our captain for a number of years when they won the grand final. But there's also fanatics. Not only in sport, you can have fanatics about food who are super focused on food. I think think we call them foodies. And then we can also have fanatics around celebrities. There's a picture, and that girl's got a badge that says, I love Ringo. That's when the Beatles came out. And, and some of those girls fainted and screamed because of these celebrities, these uh, Beatles that, that they loved. You know, when we think about a fanatic, I, uh, I, I wonder how you would define the term. I uh, Googled it, and this is the, and this is the uh, definition that, that I read. Fanatics are people who are filled with an excessive, single-minded pursuit of a cause. One more time. A fanatic are people who are filled with an excessive, single-minded pursuit of a cause. And I reckon we are all fanatics in certain areas of our lives. Well, many of us are. You know, we can be fanatics about work, where work can be the centre of our lives, which may not be a good thing. We can be fanatic a fanatic about social media, your Facebook, your TikTok, your Instagram, whatever it is, that can rule your life. You can be fanatical in that you spend so much time on it. You're posting, you're, you're reading the comments, you're focusing on other people's posts. Maybe you can be a fanatic about education and continually learning. Some people are fanatical about their hair. Um, I'm not one of them. Some people are um, fanatical about handbags and shoes and shopping. Other people are fanatical about computer games. And every moment they get the opportunity to be a fanatic, um, to play computer games, they, they go after that and play computer games. You can be a fanatic about building wealth and fanatical about money. You can be fanatical about clothes or your shoes or your relationships. You can be fanatical about your wife or your kids. I think... If we reflect on our lives, we're all fanatical about something. And as I was preparing this message, one of the thoughts that I had is that what we're fanatical about changes over time. When we're a toddler, we're fanatical about our toys and sometimes about our little blankie. And we're not settled. We can't go to sleep without our blankie or our toy. Then we hit teenage years and we, and, and we get fanatical about social media and computer games like Call of Duty. That's one. And another one that I was told about is Minecraft. Or we can get fanatical about our friends. When we hit the age of young adult, you can get fanatical about your car or maybe your girlfriend or your boyfriend. When you become a parent and you got a job, man, life gets busy and very full and you get fanatical about your kids. And you get fanatical about your days off <laughs> and the importance of sleep and holidays. And again, as you become a grandparent, you get so obsessed. Some people get obsessed with their, with their grandkids and they get really passionate about traveling and holidays and, and the grey nomads with the four wheel drives and the caravans. And as life goes on, you know, we go through different seasons where things become more important to us. Than others, We can get fanatical about different things. But, ha- but have you ever considered what God says we should be fanatical about? Have you ever thought, well, God, you're the creator of the universe. You're the one who designed this. You design people. You know what is best for us. What do you want me to be obsessed with? What do you want me to go after? What do you want me to be fanatical about? And the scripture actually tells us, you know, Jesus says it. In uh, Matthew chapter 22, he says, Jesus is asked by the religious leaders, what's the most important law? And, And Jesus responds in this way. He says, love the Lord your God with all, with every part of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Jesus is saying here that what we should be fanatical about, what we should be pursuing is loving God with our everything, with our thinking, with our passions, with our desires, with our resources, with our choices, with all that we are, loving God with our everything. And the second thing Jesus says, he says, and the second is like it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And Jesus is saying here, you know, the most important thing is to love God with your everything. And love the people in your world like you love yourself. And later on, Jesus takes that love your neighbor as yourself to a whole new level where he says, love one another as I have loved you. And how did Jesus love us? He gave his life for us. So the Bible's clear about what we should be focused on, what we should be going after. And it's loving God without everything and loving people, just like Jesus has Loved us. You know, I've been, uh, been in Cambodia recently and, and I've been hanging out with Transform Cambodia. And uh, one of the things that struck me about the Cambodians, the, those who are part of Transform, is their passion, their fanatical love for Jesus. How do we define fanatical again? We defined it as filled with excessive, single minded pursuit of a cause. What's the cause? To see him glorified, loving God with everything and loving their brothers and sisters and their community, just like Jesus loved us. You know, in Cambodia, I saw this passion for Jesus that I don't see in the Western church today. You know, I reckon the Western church has become very mediocre in our passion for God and our love for God. And that is not okay. And that, I believe, needs to change. In the West we have everything. We got medicine and doctors and the government that will support us with welfare if we're struggling. We got the support next works, we've got all this stuff going on for us, and what it does, although it's beautiful and it's good, it's easy for us to lose our trust and dependence upon God. And the more you trust Him, the more dependable you more dependence you put on Him the more passionate you are about Him. And and the more passionate you are, the more you love Him, the more you want to serve Him, the more you want to give your life for Him and love people just like Jesus has loved us. You know, in the Western church, in, in LifeGate Church, in my personal life, we need to stir up the faith that was in us. We need to stir up our passion for God and love Him more and more above anything else in life. We need to be fanatical about Him and serve Him with our everything. You know, as we look at the life of Jesus, we see Jesus model this. Jesus talks about loving God with everything. He says, I only do what I see my father doing. He he says, I love my father. And we see Jesus fulfilling his father's will. And that's Jesus loving his father with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. We see it, um, I think, one one of the places most clearly is in Luke chapter 22, where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. It's the Thursday night, and he's about to be arrested and then crucified. And he knows what is ahead of him. He knows the crucifixion. He's seen other people be crucified. He knows about the flogging, the nails, and also the humiliation of hanging on that cross naked. For everybody to see being pointed at, being spat on, being cursed. And Jesus knows all that, all that is ahead of him. And so he says this to his father. Jesus says this to his father in Luke chapter 22. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. His cup means what is ahead of him. This, this death on a cross If there's another way, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus says, yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, Jesus saw that cross and the agony, and he's God, is there another way to save humanity? But then he says, not my will, but rather yours be done. You know, that is a picture of loving God with his everything. With his soul, his mind, his body, his strength, that he's willing to sacrifice his life to go through pain and struggle and hardship for two reasons. Number one, to do the will of his father. But also, number two, is to love people and to give his life for people. In Matthew chapter 20, we, we read the account where the two sons of Zebedee come to Jesus. And they want, the, the mother comes, and they want the place in, in his kingdom, that, um, the most important places in his kingdom. And Jesus gives them a leadership lesson, and he says that leaders aren't here to be served, but rather to serve. And this is what he says in Matthew twenty twenty eight. He says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, I have not come here to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom to many in his, in, his, in his death. He ransomed. He paid the ransom price for us. Because of our sin, we have a debt and that debt is death. That's what we deserve for our sin. But when Jesus died in a place, that death sentence that was on our life was paid for, cancelled, over, finished. And Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. And so we see in Jesus, in loving his Father God with everything and loving people with his everything, willing to sacrifice his life for me and for you. Jesus lived this love God, love people life perfectly. But you might say, but Nathan, um, isn't Jesus God? Surely he has an advantage that that we don't have. And, and, and I would agree with you to a point. But then we see this amazing guy who wrote most of the New Testament named Paul, the Apostle Paul. A man who was called by God in Acts 9 and sent to mainly the, the Gentiles, people who weren't Jews, to proclaim the message of Jesus. We're told in... Acts chapter 20, he is compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem and to proclaim the message of Jesus in Jerusalem. And, and on his way to Jerusalem, he lands in Caesarea. And, he's, and in Caesarea, he's hanging out with these, these are believers. And one of the believers gets a prophetic word and gives it to Paul and says, in Jerusalem, Paul, there is, there is only hardship for you as you go there. And warns Paul about what is ahead of him, but Paul knows what he 's being called to. He knows what the Holy Spirit has asked him to do, and so he responds like this in acts twenty one thirteen he says, "Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound but also die in Jerusalem for the Lord for the name of the Lord Jesus. One more time, why are you weeping and breaking my heart i 'm not only ready to be bound, to be tied up, to be locked up, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul was so passionate about what Jesus had done for him. He knew so clearly that Jesus has come to rescue humanity from death, that he died on a cross to do with my sin and your sin, that he rose from the dead in order to give us eternal life. He was so passionate about what Jesus had done for him. He knew the calling on his life to present what Jesus has done for the world to the world, that he was willing not only to be bound, to be locked up in prison, but to give his life. Friends, he is a fanatical Jesus follower, obsessed with the cause of Christ. And friends, he is a model for each one of us, that we should be willing to sacrifice our lives Whether it means death for some, and in Australia that's very unlikely, but in lots of nations across the globe, people are giving their lives for the gospel. But in this nation, you will be looked down upon. You'll be rejected. People will make fun of you. You'll be the the brunt of people's jokes. You might miss out on the opportunities. People may reject you because you've committed your life to Jesus. And friends, that's part of the journey of living a life sold out for him. If we want to be a fanatical Christian, following the example of Jesus, who loved God, loved, loved people perfectly. If we want to follow the example of Paul, who was willing to lay down his life in Jerusalem. You know, we need to choose and say, God, here I am, God. Send me. I know what you've done for me. I know what Jesus has done through his death and his resurrection. I know he's risen from the dead and now seated at the right hand of the Father. And everybody who puts their faith in him, will have eternal life. But without him, without Jesus, people are still under God's wrath and will spend eternity separated from God in the place the scripture describes as weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friends, the world needs to hear this message. And part of loving God with your everything, loving your neighbor as Jesus loved us, is proclaiming this message to the world. And we do this through our actions. We do it through our words. We do it by living a life of integrity that shines the light of Jesus. We do it by speaking the message of the gospel and proclaiming all that Jesus has done for us. You know, God is not looking for people who are the most educated or the most talented or the most gifted. He's looking for people who are willing to say yes, and not some flippant yes where you say yes one day and you ignore it the other, but a yes that says, yes, God, I'm going to give my whole life to you. I'm going to do my best, God. I'm going to choose to love you with my everything. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to choose to love people as you have loved them. He's looking for people who are going to choose to follow him, and and what does that look like? It looks like sacrifice, and it looks like surrender. It looks like choosing his way rather than the world's way. It looks like choosing to obey him when there's temptation not to. It's choosing to love him when people are not interested in him. It looks like praying. It looks like fasting. It looks like giving. It looks like loving others and listening and getting alongside others. It looks like sharing your faith. It looks like stepping out in faith and taking risks for Jesus. It looks like leaving behind the things of the world. It looks like being obsessed with his cause, for his glory, loving him with everything, and loving people like he has loved us. Friends, we need to stir up the passion within us for his name. For his glory. We need God's spirit to move in us. To fan into flame a passion for his name. We need to get on our knees in repentance. And confess that we have not been obsessed with his glory. We haven't been fanatical about honoring. And living a life that pleases him. And it's about choosing and saying, God... From this day forward, I choose to be fanatical about you and your purpose and your glory. You know, as I look at my own life, I see seasons of my life where I was fanatical and others where I haven't been as much. I think back to when I was 17, I just, just newly understood the gospel, like a fresh revelation. And I was so impacted by Jesus and his message. Um, I was at East Hills Boys High School in year 12, and there was a Billy Graham. Um, streaming, um, I don't know how it was back then it was some sort of satellite streaming from the US where he was speaking and they were showing it at the Reezy Workers Club and there was advertising and I put up this massive poster at the front of the, at the, front of the school assembly the assembly which had about a thousand boys at East Hills Boys High School and, it, and the sign said for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life and it had the uh, details of the event and I asked the deputy principal, could I get up and announce the event? So I got up in the assembly, and I told him about this event where there's this speaker coming, and people get to hear about Jesus, and I, and I got the, to share the gospel with that whole school. That was a fanatical moment. I mean, some of the teachers didn't like it, and it caused a big ruckus in the school. But it was in that moment I was standing firm and shining my light for Jesus. As I think for a university, how I had little stickers on my bag that I said I was a Jesus follower, and I wore these shirts that said... Um, Jesus with Jesus bench pressing across, um, bench press this, the sins of the world. And I had these other, sh- these, these other Christian church, and, and I'd wear them proudly. And every opportunity I'd get, I would, I would share the message of Jesus. You know, at parties, I'm deliberate in looking for people who don't know Jesus and taking opportunities to speak. I, I, I left my job as a teacher. I took a risk to become a pastor. I stepped out. Me and my family give financially into God's kingdom. We take risks and steps of faith in order to honor him and please him with our lives. But there's other times where I haven't shone the light of Jesus like I should, where I've got distracted by the things of the world, watching too many games of NRL rather than spending time with people who don't know him. On my days off, sometimes I'm so tired that I haven't got time for um, people outside the kingdom. I just just need to rest. And, And sometimes I get so busy that I haven't got time to spend time with my neighbors and have them in my home because I'm so busy doing the church things. And those are times where I'm not fanatical about him and his kingdom. Because if I was, I would say no to the things that aren't that important in order to prioritize the things that are important, which are people outside the kingdom. Where I'm choosing to live a life that pleases Him. There's times where I've been dedicated in my Bible reading, and other times where I've just missed it for days on end. There's been times where I'm fervent in prayer and I pray for 10, 15 minutes at a time, and then other times I might skip prayer for a couple of days. You know, as, as, as a Christian, as a Christian leader, it's just not good enough. You know, God has done so much for me, He gave His life for me. And my response is to live a life that says, God, I love you with everything. And I'm going to choose to love people like Jesus loved me. And I want to be a fanatical Christian, obsessed with his cause. I want to be. And that's a daily choice of saying, God, here I am. I'm choosing to honor you today. I'm going to live my life for you today. I humble myself. God, fill me with your spirit in order that I can be the person you want me to be. So as as we come to the end of this message... I want to ask you two questions. The first one is this. What are you fanatical about? What are you fanatical about? Is it your hair? Is it the shoes, your handbags? Is it about making money or your business? Is it about your wife or your husband or your kids? Or Maybe it's a hobby. What are you fanatical about? Second question, and as we come to the close... What would it look like for you to be fanatical about loving God and people? What would it look like for you to be fanatical about loving God and loving people? What would it look like for you to put him first? To love him with your everything. To say no to the things of the world and say yes to him. To choose to come under his authority for your life. That's loving him with your everything. And what would it look like for you to love people like Jesus loved us? To give you time to sacrifice, to make time to share the message of Jesus? To sit down with someone and take them through foundations? Invite them to one of our services? What would it look like for you to love God and love people Fanatically. As we come to the close, I just want to give you some time to reflect and pray. Maybe you need to repent today for your lack of fanaticism. (laughs) Where you've been fanatic about this and that, but you haven't been focused on the Lord. You haven't been loving Him with your everything like Jesus did, like Paul did mostly. And like He wants me to and like He wants you to. So in the next 30 seconds, I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me where I've been fanatical about other things and not about you and loving people like you loved us. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you speak to us now. Show us the areas where we need to confess and we need to repent. Show us, God. May your people be deliberate right now. May you speak and show us the areas where we need to repent for being fanatical about things that aren't what you want for us. Do that now. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, God. Your word says that when we confess our sin, you are faithful and just and you forgive us our sin and you cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And so, God, now we choose to be fanatical for Jesus. If you're here and you're watching this, you're watching this at home, wherever you're watching this, and you're saying, you know what? I want to be fanatical. I want to be fanatic for Jesus. Love him with everything. Love people as he loved me. I want you to put your hand on your heart right now and say, God... I want to be a fanatic for you. I want to be obsessed with seeing your cause fulfilled. That people would love you and serve you with everything. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would fill each one with a hand on their heart now. That you would renew their mind. That you would give them a passion for your name. That you put in them a burden for lost people. That you would put a passion in them. That that, that they would say yes to you in every season of life that they would say no to temptation and choose to say, yes, Lord, you are my Lord, you are my King, I choose to follow you today. They will be people of the word, people of prayer, people who share the message of Jesus. And they'll be willing to sacrifice our time and put put, um, capacity in our lives to love people, to take them through foundations, to invite them to one of our gatherings. Father, do your work in us, we pray. Change us. Make us more like Jesus. Put your passion in us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me encourage you. Go and be a fanatic for Jesus. For his glory and his purpose. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. See you again soon. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the Next Step button.